This is about Srila um, Prabhupada as the soul of this Um What I'm going to say is based upon things that are in this document here, which some of you may have seen, published by the GBC as a GBC Foundation document which analyzes Srila Prabhupada's position as the founder Acharya of ISKCON. I started on this research for this quite a long time ago, thinking it would be an easy job to do. And um, I happened to get a hold of uh, uh, The Harmonist. This was the Gaudium publication in English. They changed the Sajjana Toshini in 1927 from a Bhaktivinotakur's uh, Bengali language periodical to the English language because Bhaktisiddhanta was interested in moral preaching. And uh, anyway, I got a whole, whole set of them. And uh, so when I was given this assignment to research this idea of the founder Acharya, I started to look at it. And to my surprise, I didn't see Bhaktisiddhanta called founder Acharya. I just always assumed he had, had that title. So then it became, he was the he was the president, president of Charya, but founder Charya is not there. So this became a mystery. Well, first of all, I had to read the whole harmonist because it showed up once or twice. So I did find two occasions, two occasions only, where he was called founder of Charya. But that was never his title. In most books of President Acharya. You know, like that. Uh, so then I wondered, you know, uh, Prabhupada was so sure about it. And then where, where it actually turns up in a very prominent way is in the book that the Gaudiamat produced for the preachers going to England in 1933. Uh, and uh, there, uh, there's a historical precedent. Nishikant Sanyal is the author of this book. Uh, Sri Krishna Taitanya projected three-volume book uh, in English, and fairly elevated English, I mean, uh, for the preachers to, to go to London. When they went to England, they had the first volume with them. And there, the, the, the first chapter is history. There's some history. Nishikant Sanyal was Bhakti Siddhanta's uh, English writer, major English writer person. He was the de facto editor of The Harmonist, and he wrote the book, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. He's a professor of history at Ravenshaw College in Kolkata. And uh, there, there is in the very beginning, I, I think you go through quite a few pages before you get to Lord Chaitanya, 70 or 80 pages or something like that. There's a whole chapter in the beginning called The History of Theism. And there's a history of atheism, meaning Buddhism and Mayavadis. <laughs> and, and there in this history of theism, the word founder acharya, like we have it with capital letters and a hyphen, this kind of Sanskrit English hyphen hybrid, is used about Ramanuja, Vishnu, Swami, Nimbarka, uh, and Madhva. Therefore, Sampradayas, these are the founder acharyas. So there I see it there. And then you don't really see Bhaktisiddhanta using it, and then Prabhupada comes up with it. It was very interesting. Uh, 
But then I found out uh, what you found out. What I found out is when um, the temple in Calcutta called the Gaudiya Mat in 1930 was inaugurated, there was a series of articles in the, in, in the Harmonists uh, talking about the, that temple and the, the relationship of that temple to the parent Mat. Because the, the Gaudiya Mat had a parent temple. This is, this is the Sri Chit, the Gaudiya Mat institution. So there's the temple in Mayapur, in Calcutta is the Gaudiya Mat. And the whole institution was called, among other things, the Gaudiya Mat. But the parent temple of the whole thing was the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur. This was the, the parent temple. And it's in connection with this temple that you get the, the idea of founder Acharya being used for Bhaktisiddhanta. And also you get the notion of the, where this metaphor of the soul of the movement comes through. So, uh, that's why we're going to go through all that kind of stuff a little bit, just to uh, explain. Uh, this, this book was written as a, as a, as a short four-page document, and then a, a commentary. And then uh, what it says in here about the Prabhupada as the soul of Iskar, uh, on uh, yeah here's, here's what's, uh, what the main document says we revere and learn from the many great acharyas in our line yet as Iskon founder acharya Srila Prabhupada is unique among us becomes unique among them for us. In Iskand, Prabhupada himself remains present generation after generation as the single prominent shiksha guru imminent in the life of each and every Iskand devotee. A perpetual, indwelling, active, guiding, and directing presence. He is thus the soul of Iskand. As such, Srila Prabhupada continue, himself, Srila Prabhupada himself continues to act effectively in this world so long as Iskand continues to act, continues as the coherent expression and unified instrument of his will. In this way, Srila Prabhupada remains the soul of Iskhan, and Iskhan his body. That's the statement that was originally made. Uh, our committee thought it was great, and then they said, write a commentary. <laughs> it's part of this statement. That's what I, uh, I went on to do that. So, notice there's a condition for Prabhupada as the soul of, uh, of Iskhan, that Iskhan is still alive. But the fact that Prabhupada is no longer present to our mortal vision doesn't mean that he's not in Iskhan. And in very interesting ways, he's connected with Iskhan through the, simple, the central temple 
the planet, Temple of the Vedic Planetarium. Um, and this, this model, the prototype for ISKCON, uh, with the founder Acharya, with the, the central or parent temple, is actually all taken from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Uh, you can see that, that, that Srila Prabhupada very carefully and very, very penetrating way studied his spiritual master's movement. And when it came out about that it had broken up and therefore, in a sense, died, uh, uh, and when Prabhupada came to the West, he then very quickly uh, uh, started to use this term, founder Acharya, which Bhakti Siddhanta never, never, never actually accepted that title, although it was clear to me that it was being prepared for him. Uh, and and uh, uh, in the second issue of Back to Godhead magazine, Prabhupada's name is there as A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, just Swami at the time, no, no Prabhupada yet, but founder Acharya shows up in the second issue, the fourth issue, skips a few months, and then a little few years later becomes regularized. But he had the idea very early on, this founder Acharya. And so I wondered, where did it come from? Then I discovered Bhakti Siddhanta never actually had that title. So, so, uh, um, so it's connected with this idea of the soul, this position of founder Acharya, and being soul of Iskhan. Uh, those two ideas are uh, developed uh, together. Now, I have to say, Prabhupada didn't use that very much. Uh, when I checked that term, uh, itself, soul of Iskand, a uh, few places it's, it's hinted at. Um, there's a couple, so there's several Vyasa Puja homages, which somebody said, you, you said you are the soul of Iskand. But I can't find out where he said it. And one of the Asapuja homage could be quoting another one. So, I mean, Prabhupada said a lot of important things and there was no tape recorded on so it doesn't mean he didn't say it. And it's generally agreed that, that he did say it, but I have no, no idea where. Uh, but what he did, what we do have uh, on record, uh, here's just an interesting thing that he said. He was giving a lecture in Caracas in February, uh, 75. And this wasn't his main point in the lecture, but this is what he said. So he's, he's uh, lecturing on uh, Bhagavatam, and he quotes the Yadom Vyad Itratas Charate Shuvabhigyan Swarat, that is describing that Krishna is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations and is independent. Then Prabhupada said, just like if I am taken as the origin of this Krishna consciousness movement, that means, so here's origin, that's founder Acharya ideas there, uh, that means I know everything directly and indirectly of all this movement. If I do not know 
directly and indirectly, everything of this movement, then I cannot be called the founder of Acharya. As soon as the origin, anyway, that's, that's what he just says, just kind of parenthetically, uh, that he has to have that, that, uh, that uh, kind of condition as a, uh, 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 as being founder Acharya, that he is uh, uh, there. And then uh, in another place, uh, Prabhupada has written, written, wrote a letter to uh, um, to Ray Rama in 1968. He says to Ray Rama, "You have very nicely stated that I am your life. This means you are my body." And so neither life nor body can be separated because of the spiritual platform. There is no such distinction. I mean, Ray Ramo is always trying to run off, so especially, you know, always a little bit behind this. On the material platform, sometimes life separated from body, but on the absolute platform, there is no such distinction. So that if he's saying that one devotee, you are my body, Everyone who does Prabhupada's will is part of Prabhupada's body. And so the idea is there that he is the soul of Iskhan and that Iskhan is his body. So what, then what we see in, in the Gaudiya Mat, uh, uh, starting with, really it starts to appear with, the, with this inauguration uh, of the Calcutta Temple. You remember that was the marble temple the big opulent marble temple in Calcutta. And it was their kind of headquarters for world preaching. You have to remember that Calcutta, uh, uh, until 1914, was the headquarters of the British Raj in the East, then it moved to Delhi. Uh, so, and it was a world citizen. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur is a very, very interesting person for many reasons, but one was, he really thought himself as part of a world uh, community. He, when he went, wrote in England, sent uh, 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 his writings to England and to America, and people were, that's what, you know, you want to know when globalism began. Uh, it was actually before then, but uh, in the 15th century, but this was, a, this was globalism. And, and, and sophisticated English-speaking People like Bhaktivinoda Thakur could think of themselves as something that was bigger than just one particular uh, country. And so, uh, 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 in, in this way, Calcutta uh, was like a, a world city, and that was going to be their headquarters for world preaching. The Gaudiamat, very early on, had as its goal to go overseas. That was, their, that was their focused aim. And they put a lot of resources into it. I mean, I, that book, Sri Krishna Taitanya, I got a hold of one of the original copies of it. Uh, borrowed it from a university library and scanned it. But, uh, uh, but you could see it came from a bookstore in London. Uh, and this was something that was produced 
you know, in, 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 in you know, 1932 or so, so, I think it was published in 33 in Madras. First class printing, first class paper, first class binding. The original binding was still on this book. You know, when I compared it with the books that Prabhupada had to produce all by himself, you can see how much effort the Gaudiya put into this book. Huge effort. They obviously wanted to make a very uh, good impression upon, upon the people of England uh, with this book, uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Uh, and uh, uh, so that was really their aim to, to, to go. And uh, as I said, missionaries went in 1933. But part of that effort was to have this impressive marble temple in Calcutta, and there Bhakti Siddhanta would speak to many foreigners who came uh, to India. Uh, and sometimes his talks with him were written down and, 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 uh, and published, uh, uh, published by them. So, the, now, in, in that book, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, this word founder Charya, used by Nishikant Suryama, the author of the book, uh, is, is for the Sampradaya Acharyas. Uh, uh, so, then it's kind of understanding that the Bhakti Siddhanta didn't really take that title. It was for those people of that eminence. Uh, uh, he didn't bear it himself, you could understand that. But yet, in the Harmonist, the words founder acharya with a capital with a capital acharya but a small f founder two words uh, to to refer to bhakti siddhanta uh, so in october of 1930 of the harmony there was a there was an article called the Gaudiya Mat. Uh three installments actually uh, uh, it's an unsigned article, which meant it had editorial force, and it's written very clearly written by Nishikant Sanyal, the same person that wrote the book, uh, Sri Krishna Taitanya. So, and the, the title, the Mat, specifically refers to the new Calcutta temple. Uh, uh, and they celebrated this opening, there was a big picture of, of uh, Jagabhavi Bhakti Rajna, uh, Rajanada's uh, businessman who funded and oversaw the construction. Uh, afterwards, after he passed away, Bhakti Siddhanta observed his disappearance day. Every year he was so thankful for the, for the help. So here, what, what you see in this article called the Gaudiya Mat is, is what uh, in, in uh, religious discourse or uh, theology is called an ecclesiology. Ecclesia is the Greek word for church. Uh, it actually means congregation. Uh, it became the Greek word for church, ecclesia. And so ecclesiology is, is a kind of theology or philosophy of the spiritual organization. And you, that's what you see here, is this ecclesiology. And um, 
uh, one uh, idea of this ecclesiology is that, that the, the idea that the Sri the, the, the Chaitanya Mahat in Mayapur is the parent temple. Now, now this temple uh, uh, was uh, in Navadip. Uh, it was the one where Bhakti Siddhanta uh, stayed from 1905 to 1914. This is how he began the movement. He chanted 192 rounds a day during that during that time, uh, and uh, uh, that was that was where he finally built the the temple, which he referred to as a huge octagonal temple, which had the four sampradaya acharyas, same ones that are in the book. Uh, around the octagon. You circumambulate the deities, and there's a niche for each one of them, together with the, the, uh, the original re revealer. The, the, there's some form of Krishna, and then there was like an art in the, the Madhva, and the Brahma, and Madhva, and, and uh, Krishna, uh, Lakshmi, Ramanuja, these three personages are, uh, are, are, are depicted there. The, the prehistorical originators, Sinyal calls them, uh, and then the founder acharyas for the Iron Age, who uh, brought it down. And the, the point of having these four founder acharyas around this temple is to say that these were the precursors who prepared the way for Lord Chaitanya and whose teaching of the Chincha Veda, Veda Tattva, is the synthesis of their four distinctive teachings. Shuddha Dvaita, Vishista Dvaita, Dvaita Dvaita, and uh, I forgot what. <laughs> but anyway, uh, those, those four Vaishnava uh, theistic understandings of Vedanta, uh, uh, they're the preparing the way or Achincha Veda Veda Tattva. This is what Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes about in the Navadipta Mahatya. So that, that temple is the parent temple of the whole Gaudiamat institution. Where they listed the temples and the harmonists, there would be the parent temple first and then the others. Sometimes it was called the temples uh, associated with the Vishwa Vaishnava Rat Sabha. They used various uh, uh, kinds of uh, nomenclature for the organization itself, but the parent temple was always this, this, uh, this temple. So here, now when the, this, uh, the, the, this worldwide headquarters for propagation, uh, worldwide, so here's the harmonist describing this temple in, 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 in uh, Calcutta. The Gaudiya Mat is the embodiment of the highest service of Sri Sri Radhika Vinda made manifest in the modern urban environment. This Calcutta. The modern urban environment by the grace of the the Acharya. It is the elaboration, it is the embodiment of the ideal 
of service of a single individual who does not belong to this or any age, nor to the world, by the self-sufficient, sufficing wish of the single individual, the ideal of his service of Sri Sri Radha Govinda has been manifested in the busiest city of this country in the form of an institution for the practice and propagation of the most perfect uh, service of the Supreme Lord. This institution owes its existence both as regards initiative and growth to his divine grace, Paramahamsa Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. So that's how they start. Then uh, continuing with this, the Gaudiamat, that is to say in Calcutta, is the principal branch of the Sri Chaitanya Mat of Sri Dhammayapur. Notice how they make that. That's the branch, the principal branch. The distinction between the Gaudiya Mat and the Sri Chaitanya Mat is all analogous to that between one lamp lighted by another. This is, of course, from the Brahma Samhita describing the uh, expansions of Krishna. The Gaudiya Mat is the expansion of the Chaitanya Mat in the visible form into the heart of the world. Sri Chaitanya Mat is eternally located as the original source even when it is manifested to the view of the people of this world in the transcendental environment of the eternal abode of divinity. In other words, where the Sri Chaitanya Mat is in the spiritual world. So, I'm going to run out to make a long story just to condense a little bit, the point of Mayapur is not just that it's the place where Lord Chaitanya appeared. It is the descended spiritual world. And in the spiritual world, in Swetadweep, that's where Lord Chaitanya has his pastimes. Because he's a, 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 an eternal aspect of the Supreme Lord, of Krishna trying to appreciate himself in the role of Radharani. That's always going on. It's eternal. And when Lord Chaitanya comes, that whole realm shows up. And down here is Mayapur. And that's where this temple is. There, down here, together with the founder of Charya. So you can see now it becomes clear after reading this why Srila Prabhupada was so intent in getting land in Mayapur. Almost as soon as he had the mission going in the west, he tried to get land in Mayapur. And was frustrated. Finally, in 71, he was able to purchase land. And he wanted right away to establish the foundation stone of the temple, big temple. And circumstances pre prevented that from happening. In 72, that foundation stone was put there. And it was said, this is international headquarters. And we're looking around at, <laughs> <laughs> at these rice fields that everybody's bathing from a water pump and there's 
practically no electricity or, or anything, you know, and this, we're thinking, world headquarters. <laughs> but now you see the background. He, he exactly was following the template of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, that this, this temple would be there, and that's what is now being constructed as the temple of the Vedi Planetarium. So anyway, in the course of this article, as it goes on, uh, then it says, the Gaudiya Mat is also identical with its founder, Acharya. And that's where, in a very sort of unobtrusive way, Bhaktisiddhanta is called founder Acharya by Nishikant Sanyal. Uh, and here's the other metaphor of the soul of the body. The associates, followers, and abode of his divine grace are limbs of himself. Like Prabhupada wrote to Ray Rama, you are my... None of them claim to any, be anything but a fully subordinate limb of the single individual. So this is where the, the, we, we see this. I, one thing I learned while writing this is just how closely Srila Prabhupada studied Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and followed him completely. Again, there's a second installment of this article. All the activities of the Gaudiya Mat emanate from His Divine Grace, Paramahamsa Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, the spiritual successor of Sri Rupa Goswami, who was originally authorized by Sri Chaitanya Dev to explain the process of loving spiritual devotion for the benefit of all souls. The reality of the whole activity of the Gaudiya Mat depends on the initiative of the Acharya. Sri Chaitanya Mat of Sri Dhammayapur reveals the source of the Gaudiya Mat. The Acharya dwells eternally with the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, in his transcendental abode in Sri Dhammayapur, White Island of the Scriptures. So they make this explicit. That's where uh, things are really located. And then from there, the Acharya manifests his appearance on the mundane plane for the redemption of the souls from the grip of the deluding energy. So on. Uh, again, uh, Nishikant Sanyal refers to Bhakti Siddhanta as founder Acharya in the issue of December 24th, 1936. He passed away shortly thereafter. Uh, uh, and he says there the Gaudiya Mat is the instrument and counterpart of his divine grace, Paramahamsa Parivraja Acharya, Sri Srimad Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Goswami Maharaj. It lives, moves, and has its being in the founder Acharya. And here he uses a capital F and a capital A and a hyphen. So, to, to my mind, this was being prepared. This title was being prepared to offer to Bhaktisiddhanta. And my suspicion is that he, he had plans 
to go to England. As soon as a temple was established there, he was going to go to England and then to America. Uh, and he was asked about it in the Harmonist period. When, when are you going to go? Because in 1933, uh, the, the preachers went there. Bhaktisiddhanta uh, had money from the Maharaja Chapura uh, to build the temple in London. And that was the plan. But uh, several things intervene. One is own health, and the other is he, uh, 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 Bhan Maharaj, fell out of favor with Bhakti Siddhanta and recalled him <coughs> and instructed the Maharaja Jipur not to give him any more money. Um, that was another thing. And everything stopped. Then, of course, they fell apart. The, the Chaitanya Mata and the Gaudiya Mata big lawsuit against each other. Forty years of, of lawsuit. Who was actually in control? Uh, anyway, it's a sad story. And, and from reading all the harmonies, I understood what the Gaudiya Mat was like when it was healthy. And therefore, I got an understanding of how devastating it was to Srila Prabhupada when he uh, saw what happened. But what Srila Prabhupada ended up doing is picking up exactly where it left off. And he used this model very, very much for his card. And that's why he wanted, uh, uh, he wanted this uh, 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 ecclesiology for, for his card. Uh, he he uh, had the central temple you notice the temple, the planet of the temple of the Vedic planetarium. It's it's a microcosm of the whole universe, as described in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. And I see it as a portal. I mean, a tirtha is a crossing place between the material and spiritual world. And, and so you th think of this temple as a central temple of ISKCON, it's our world headquarters. I mean, the GBC meets there every year for a purpose. Why don't we, we kept saying, well, can, why can't we just meet in Bombay? You know, at least we would have access to phones I mean, in the early days. <laughs> it was so hard. Uh, so people were thinking like that sometimes. Why, you know, why Mayapur? Uh, but that's where the, that's where the, the organization uh, probably wanted them to meet the deliberations of the governing body and, uh, and it would serve there where the, 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 the temple was. And, and, and that temple sh shows the connection. Interestingly enough, uh, the way Iskand is, is set up, uh, at this temple and every other temple, there's a Vyasasana and Srila Prabhupada's Murti is on that Vyasasana. That's his position as founder Acharya is shown by that. Uh, then, uh, and, and, and as, as it turned out, we were making plans on the GBC, all kinds of different places in Mayapur to have the temple. We wanted to have a bigger temple. We ran into legal obstacles, land use limitations and stuff like that. And finally, where we ended up putting the temple happened to be the original land that Prabhupada got. 
the, the earliest map we found of that land uh, uh, said on that place it said Mondeer land. <laughs> so that removed some legal obstacles right there, <laughs> because some magistrate had written Mondeer land on the on the, on the, on the, the map, and, and that's approximately the same place where Prabhupada had laid that uh, foundation stone for the for the temple. And, and that happens to end up, not by our design, but by chance or fate or daiva. At the entrance, Prabhupada sits in his samadhi and looks at that temple. And that, that to me is really far out. And so, here, so there, Prabhupada wrote in a letter to one, one person wondering about whether his godbrother was going to go back to this godbrother, that godbrother was going to go back to Godhead. And Prabhupada said, we're all going back to Godhead. He said, we shall have another Iskon in the spiritual sky. He said, but Mr. Nair must stay. <laughs> he described Mr. Nair as a minor demon. Another connection, but, but so so this this one we shall have another iskon. So I, I to me, the, the the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, its biggest branch is in Chaitanya Lila. If we all have another iskon, that may not be in Krishna Lila, because you know even more Chaitanya's followers, all different kinds of relationships with different forms of the Lord and different uh, rasas and so on. But they'll be together in Gauralila. We, we will have two positions in the spiritual world. One in Gauralila, one in Krishnalila. That's my understanding. And, 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 and so that's where the other Iskan will be in the spirit. The Prabhupada will be there. You know, and it'll be a really very, very nice your tongue. <laughs> that never ends and gets more and more blissful. And that's where Prabhupada is now. And, and we should be sending a steady stream of people uh, up there to join that, 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 that other ISKCON. And, and that's what that temple does it, it, because it, it takes us through the whole Bhagavatam, the whole spiritual world, up through the different uh, dams and abodes that follows the path of Gopu Kumar and the Brihat Bhagavatamrita. Uh, and Prabhupada, the, re the reason for that temple, as near as I can figure out, it is that the first step of God realization, as, as Prabhupada used the title of the first description of the universal form in the second canto. There's five descriptions of the universal form of the Lord in the second canto. The whole fifth canto is announced from at the beginning and at the end. This is a description of the Lord in relationship to his gross potencies. It is also the universal form of the Lord. That's the first step in God realization. It says in the fifth canto, anyone who can contemplate and understand this form of the Lord comes to the platform of Shudasattva and then can understand the Lord in relationship to his spiritual energies. 
So this takes you through that. It takes you, it's, it's the first step in God realization. People can appreciate this form of the Lord very easily. You talk to anybody who's an out and out karmi about their spiritual experience, they'll say something like, I was standing on a mountain and I saw this sunset. I was out in the ocean on my boat and I felt one with everything. And this is, people have some sense like this. They say, yeah, that's God. This one aspect of it. Anyway, so this is, the, this is, this is what this temple does. Prabhupada is there presiding over it. And uh, I am, uh, as, uh, as the soul of Iskot, as long as Iskot is there, he's the soul of Iskot. He doesn't have to be manifest down here. Hopefully he won't have to come back down and fix things, personally, if we do our job. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, the, but he will also, I'm sure, taking care of our movement uh, from that position. That's the idea. So any questions, comments? We have, uh, who's going to hand the microphone around? To... Thank you very much for the next presentation. In the beginning, um, I can't quote you precisely, but uh, you, you were quoting Shura Prabhupada and how he was saying that he knows every detail about what's going on in ISKCON. And I'm having a little bit difficulty with that because how does that differ from Chaitya Guru? Maybe not. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, some people are so uh, connected that they, Chaitya Guru shows them. What's that? The Guru shows them what's going on. That's what, when you say empowered, by whom are you empowered? <coughs> and Chaitya uh, Guru is the Lord in the heart. But there's actually three forms of super soul. You know? The three Karanarma Dakshaya Vishnu, Garbha Dakshaya Vishnu, Shiva Dakshaya Vishnu are three forms of super soul. That's all that is connected. So you can know and know a lot. And generally, Prabhupada has said that the spiritual master, he doesn't know everything just like Krishna, but what Krishna wants him to know, he knows. There is not God. Okay? Anyone else? So, would this, the, the word founder refer to anything other than the founder of an organization or a institution? Does it have another... That's about pretty much what it means, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not any new philosophical direction or... Well, if it's a new philosophical direction, it would usually be some school of people or something. It's almost always, a, I've seen it in some organization. And if you want a philosophical direction, you have some collection of scholars who are into it, you give it a name, and you're the founder of that organization. I almost always furniture with an organization. Yeah. I have a question. Um, so, um, I've heard a lot of uh, senior divinities uh, say that, uh, present the idea that Shwet Prabhupada's uh, mercy and uh, grace 
is only available within the ISKCON institution. And for devotees who might want to serve Shura Prabhupada outside of the ISKCON managerial institutional structure, that yes, Prabhupada would be pleased with their service, but Prabhupada's complete grace and mercy would be absent in those situations. And that if you really, really want to please Shua Prabhupada, if you really want to get his complete mercy, then that is only available within the ISKCON institution. And my question is, would you agree with that? Is that true? Uh, Prabhupada allowed sometimes that, that people who left the institution and left working with their god brothers would still follow. He encourages them to still follow. Uh, 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 so he didn't say they were cut off completely. But you want to please the spiritual master. I mean, you have to have to look at this idea of an organization. Organizations we know are hard. You know, but it's organization means it's a false, I mean, a force multiplier. If there's five of us who want to do something, we may be out to go out and do something, each of us by ourselves. If we work together and we organize, the, the five of us could have the effectiveness of 20 people working independently. So if you care for fallen conditioned souls, if you really have to have a sense of urgency for getting uh, bringing people back to Godhead, then you'll work with others. You can't do it? Okay, that's second best, and it doesn't mean you're completely cut off from Srila Prabhupada. You follow his, his, his orders, uh, and uh, you can still be saved by him. But if you see what Prabhupada went through through this movement, what he put up with, what he dealt with, when he had, you know, he had very early disciples try to take it away from him. He had his godbrothers try to subvert it. All kinds of things were not, you know, what, what he went through. Uh, and one thing that keeps me loyal to ISKCON is not so much ISKCON itself sometimes, but just what Prabhupada went through to put it together. And that, that's how I feel about it. But you're right, it's not the only way. So, so would you agree that Srila Prabhupada's complete grace and mercy is only available within the ISKCON institution? No, I wouldn't. Uh, it's not only available. But if you want to say complete grace, complete mercy, yeah. then you follow his order, you do the thing that pleases him the most. You surrender. What do you want me to do? Kim, I'm your servant. The word for servant in Sanskrit is Kim Kar. You say Kim, what? What do you want me to do? And if he says work in ISKCON, then if you're the servant, that's what you do. If you get guidance some other way, yes, sir, that's okay. So it sounds like you're saying, yes, you'll get Prabhupada's mercy and grace, but if you want the complete mercy and grace, then that's what we do. I will not judge on independent cases. I'm just saying as a general principle, Prabhupada was very, very, and always encouraged people to work together. That was generally the thing he said that would please him the most. But people that didn't, he didn't, you know, reject them. Was somebody else is... Yeah, okay. Uh, I saw in your presentation, uh, you were trying to bring in TOVP as such in visa with the founder Acharya. Mm -hmm. So, um, as I understand that establishing TOVP as a center 
uh, as a world headquarters and then the biggest temple in the world seems like a, very much related to establishing Shri Prabhupada's founder Acharya. Well, Prabhupada's already the founder Acharya. I just, to, to me, the temple is the capstone of his kind. It's something that Prabhupada wanted, it was very important. I have a, 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 a thing uh, here, I have a quotation here that I'll, that I'll read to you. Um, uh, one of the things that Prabhupada wanted very badly done, here, uh, this is from uh, the Srila Prabhupada Lila Rita. Uh, during this visit to Calcutta, November 71, Prabhupada had also spoken of his plans for Mayapur. Narayan had built a scale model of the building this government to construct on the newly acquired property, and Prabhupada had shown it to all his guests and had asked them to help. Seeing Prabhupada's absorption in this project, Giriraj had volunteered to help in any way required. It seems the two things you want most, Giriraj had said, are for the books to be distributed and to build a temple at Mayapur. Yes, Prabhupada had said, smiling. Yes, thank you. So it was pretty high on his priorities. Up there with book distribution, it was pretty high on his priorities. Um, at one time, wasn't there a, a plan to build the Temple of Vedic Planetarium in a slightly different plot of land than eventually yeah, there was. What's the story behind that? <laughs> well, it's, it's, there, there, there's a land sealing act in Bengal that an institution or a corporation, uh, or at least a religious one, can only have so much land. And so the ISKCON, they, what we do is spin off a whole lot of little corporations that owned little bits of land here and there. And so to build a temple that big, you would have to consolidate all that into one. And there were many, many attempts to do that, and they all failed. That's what happened. And finally, the single most coherent piece of land that was available to us was this original piece here, and that's how it ended up that way. And that was the original? Yeah, as it turned out, it said Mondeer land on it, so. <laughs> Uh, that was the original land he bought, and that was the first idea that it would go there. And, and, and the, where the temple deities are now was already always thought to be temporary until the, the temple gets built. And you remember that various times other cornerstones were, were, I think two others maybe were, or at least one other I know of that were set. But anyway. So probably established a cornerstone himself for this temple. Yeah, the first one he did. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was and the say. second one too, I saw him go down in a hole in with an initiation. Yeah. Then nobody could find it where it was. <laughs> <laughs> a few years later. You had mentioned that he that he actually laid the foundation stone himself. Is that on the temple prop? I mean, is the temple yeah, built yeah, on that? Is yeah, that over that? Yeah, yeah. Or is it like somewhere? I mean, when they were excavating, nobody found it. But anyway, it's hard to find things that are buried for so many years. Uh, who's who's uh, has a microphone? Go ahead. Um, guide us on uh, those of us who are grand disciples of Srila Prabhupada, how to view our spiritual master in relation to Srila Prabhupada, and also how that might change or not three or four or five generations future in terms of the, the, 
because he's the founder Acharya, and that's a very special position. It's not just a previous Acharya. As founder Acharya, part of the meaning is the whole institution through time is, is pervaded by him and uh, directed by him. Uh, so, so it, it, people have done things like invent rhythmic philosophies to understand how we have some, some relationship, everybody has a relationship with God. Founder Acharya does the job. You don't have to invent anything else, nor do you have to like think you're stepping over your own spiritual master and initiating guru. He's everybody's spiritual master uh, as founder Acharya. And, and what, what his mood is, what his, what his style of preaching is, that's all something that we inherit uh, as our spiritual genetic inheritance from Srila Prabhupada. That, and what it is, this incredible desire to give Krishna consciousness to other people. And, and Prabhupada got this from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Oh, the one thing I should mention, uh, I wanted to mention, when Prabhupada had the movement established in the West, uh, people asked him, could we have a pranam mantra for you that's special with just your name instead of, the generic, instead of just the generic one? And he had to write it himself. And what is his name? Saraswata the servant of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. He did all of this as, and you can see that he studied Bhakti Siddhanta, he watched the Godir Mat fall apart, he started ISKCON again, and it's just the continuing, basically started up again right, right where Bhakti Siddhanta's movement had gotten. And then there was a 30 year gap, well there had to be a couple of things happening, like World War II and all that to interfere with the preaching, but what did, you know, he came at the right time. I can always imagine what happened if Prabhupada arrived in you know, 1955 or something. <laughs> but he came at the right time and picked up exactly where he left off and kept going. You mentioned that... Richard did that after you. Go ahead. You got it. Um, that, that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur did not um, accept or embrace the title of founder Charya. Shiva Prabhupada did very in the very early days. Yeah. Do you have any insight on that? My, my understanding was that uh, it's, it's clear you don't you don't you don't give your, usually give yourself a title like that. But Bhakti Siddhanta it was being prepared for him. It's clear to you. If you, you can see in the Gaudiya Mat, they were always giving titles to people. Bhakti Sudhakar, you know was the Shikant Sanyal, he had the title, his name was Narayan Das, but then they had a ceremony in which he was awarded the title Bhakti Sudhakar by Bhakti Sudhakar. They were always awarding each other titles. It was just part of the style there. And, and, and so a title like Founder Acharya, it would, somebody would, the etiquette, somebody would offer it and then it would be accepted. So it seems to me and because it was Nishikant Sanyal, who was his right-hand man for English preaching, had used that title, and Bhakti Siddhanta probably gave a nod. But so my my hypothesis is, and this is a counterfactual: had he gone 
to London when the temple was established there, once he had gone outside uh, uh, of India. Because the founder Acharyas, they, they all had this thing in common. It's in Prabhupada's Pranam Mantra. They defeated Mayavad philosophy and they spread Krishna consciousness very widely. All, first all over India and then outside. So when, I, that's my conviction that he, he would have accepted that title. And my, my strongest reason for believing this is when Prabhupada saw that the movement was going to be established in the West, he took that title. In the name of Bhakti Siddhanta as Saraswati, not as himself, but as the servant of Bhakti Siddhanta. That's what he did. That is some independent person. It's kind of a tangent, but I was interested to know the, the, the amount of time that you spent and that the GBC has been spending on this subject to define Shilpa's position is extremely important. I really appreciate the clarification. Has there ever been an attempt to clarify what a member of ISKCON is? Several. <laughs> and quite unsuccessful. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Because it's a work we, in progress. We've been, we've been successful in excommunicating people, but we haven't been able to actually make somebody an official member of this. I mean, it's just just a tangent, but I, I, yeah. because right now we're, we're, we're speaking in our little committees that we're down to, to create a, a, a member kind of thing, although we know that on the corporate level, ISCON is not, it's set up as a not, it's, it's a set up as a non-member, non-member organization for legal purposes, but we're trying to do like internal. Well, part of the tricky thing is it's in many, many countries and they all have different ways of doing these things also legally. Anyway, I'm not on that committee. <laughs> <laughs> it does exist. It's somebody else's problem. <laughs> it does exist. Okay, thanks. I worked on this one for, for six years. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I just had a question in regards to Srila uh, Prabhupada as a soul of his country. And his books, because he said that he would continue to remain alive in this, or, or he would be present with us as long as books are distributed. Um, sometimes there's a tendency now in our movement that um, people say, well, uh, we should distribute uh, bridge books, or um, some devotees distribute the books of their spiritual master, or, you know, Prabhupada's uh, books don't appeal to the public, we need something else. So. What's your opinion in terms of Srila Prabhupada's books? Will they remain public? Uh, I, I think so. Although Prabhupada didn't want us, I, I remember sitting uh, uh, in the room with Prabhupada and he was talking to, uh, to somebody who was, I think, a graduate student or a young professor at, at Columbia University. And he said to him, you see, we have all these books, he said. Now you read these books and write books about these books. <laughs> I took that as an honor to me anyway, who wasn't talking about me, but, but uh, he wanted us to all do the same, to write books about these books. So it's not like a violation or anything that, that uh, and he said, you know, write your realization. He had us writing in Back to Godhead magazine from the very beginning. So he understood the importance of that. 
but but his books are central. I, I, I personally believe that as we make more and more advancement and have more experience, we will see things in Prabhupada's books that we have not yet even been conscious of. There, I think they're alive. Hare Krishna. Um, I could shed a little light on this also from some personal conversations. Srila Prabhupada instructed uh, me as a BBT trustee and others to actually write bridge books, if you use that phrase. Mm -hmm. However, he also is unique. We've heard so many ideas or explanations of how unique he is. He's also unique in that when he presented this Vedic knowledge in his books, he did so simultaneously for the time and place that he was writing in, and with a vision of the future of the Kali Yuga. And he specifically said that. And if I could just take another moment, I'm going to share an interesting conversation about that. We were going on a morning walk, and we were driving to the park, and Tamal Krishnamaraj and I were in the car with Prabhupada, we were relating a story to him from the newspaper, the New York Times newspaper, some horrific story about um, an abominable action by Andy Warhol at an event. And Prabhupada made a comment about what we told him that was so astonishing to us. Andy Warhol had served as, a, as food to his guests um, he obtained and arranged his cooks to serve aborted fetuses to his guests to eat. And it had become a, a phenomenal story in the New York Times. We, we told that to Prabhupada. And we expected Prabhupada to say the most horrific things about this demonic act and so on. And what he said was, yes, in the future, they will discover that this is the tastiest of all meats. So tomorrow and I are sitting in the car flabbergasted our drawers and we were not expecting that answer. What did he say? I don't know if we all heard it. Prabhupada described that in the future of the Kali Yuga, they will discover that this is Taste, this is the tastiest of all the meats that they all choose the to eat. Uh -huh. So, after we recovered, I, I, I said, Prabhupada, it is so amazing that you see what's going to happen in the future and that your books are written in such a way that even in the future they will be so relevant. And he sat back in the car and he said, yes, I think like that as I write. Mm -hmm. And then he said these words to us, which some of you have heard. My books will be the law books for human society for the next 10,000 years. So that's where that comes, comes from. from. Mm -hmm. So that is how Prabhupada fought when he right. produced his books. So yes, there will always be bridge books, and there will always be Prabhupada's books.